Welcome to Different From The Other Kids, a weekly talk show for parents with challenging children with host Angela Sunis, a parent whose teen was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Each episode, Angela will have a discussion with an individual or professional within the mental health community. Different from the other kids, season one, a production of Marketing Maven. Hi, everyone. Wanted to welcome Jennifer to the program, the nominee for General Manager of the Year for 2011, even at her tender age. I think she was the youngest to ever be nominated for that honor. She also is a personal trainer and has started a side company called My Mind Fitness. Wanted to talk to her today about the mind-body connection, a little bit about fitness, a little bit about nutrition and her experiences with it. Uh, She is a force to be reckoned with and a wonderful, wonderful girl. Uh, Thanks very much, Jen, for joining us and uh, welcome. We're going to start with uh, general. So um, I went to Western University. I got a degree in sociology. I wanted to work on mental therapy with juvenile delinquents. So graduated from that, got a cross-disciplinary degree with an area of concentration focusing on youth at risk. And I wanted to work at Salap Center Mm. doing some of the rehabilitation with the youth that were in Salaps. Um, I've always been intrigued with the mind and how the mind works and why certain people do things that they do. And as soon as I graduated, decided, you know, when you're 21, you just don't know what you're doing. I decided that wasn't my path. That wasn't my calling. I wasn't ready for that. Didn't want to do that. Just my cousin gave me the business card of the general manager of fitness and said, you know what, you need to be in an environment that's positive, somewhere that is just full of energy because I was in this post-grad depression. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And um, I said, well, what am I going to do at a gym? Like I, I dated all through university, dated a guy who was a... Um, you know, who worked out all the time. He was a fitness fanatic and he couldn't get me to go to the gym either. And he's a personal trainer and he's like, come on, let's work out. And I was like, no, 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 not happening. I ate very unhealthy when I got to university because I left home and my mom always made healthy meals. But by the time I got to university, I'm much like my dad and I craved the carbs, craved the sugar and uh, gained about 40 pounds and um, just uh, didn't know why I'd go work at a gym Mm -hmm. because I was like, "Uh, I don't like working out never worked out before and I uh, don't know anything about fitness so but you know what I think I might want to be a teacher now so w- maybe I can go work in their child mining department and work with the kids while I try to figure out if I can go to teachers college so I went and applied at fitness and uh, to work with the kids and uh, the general manager you know after talking to me for 15 minutes was like you need to be in sales like you are a talker you can sell anyone anything So he offered me a sales position. I got into the company and uh, within the first three months, I was cramming every single book possible to learn about fitness, to learn about everything because I was selling it and I was Mm -hmm. selling fitness and I was selling personal training, but I didn't know anything about it. So I crammed, 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 learned everything I could learn, um, got myself a personal trainer and I figured, you know what, I'd like to lose the university weight and I would like to learn what it is that I'm selling. I got myself a personal trainer so I could learn about the actual fitness industry and learn about what it is that I was selling. Um, and uh, turned out 
my passion for everything. I, I turned out to be the top uh, second highest sales in the country in our entire company that year and was nominated for membership consultant of the year and I went on to uh, become a general manager at the age of 23 and oh um, yeah I was really young really inexperienced but uh, really worked really hard at what I did and learned learned what I was doing had a passion for just being successful and the fitness part of it, it was never that I was passionate about working out. I was never passionate about eating properly. I was just passionate about being successful. Yeah. And that happened to be the industry that I was in. Yeah. So for me, I never had a passion for what I was do- what I was selling mm-hmm. in terms of like, did I eat, breathe, and, and, and sleep fitness? No. So I hired a trainer because I knew that I wasn't motivated enough to work out on my own. Mm-hmm. I had to hire a nutritionist to help me with my food because I didn't know how to eat properly, nor was I motivated to eat properly because I love sugar. I love carbs. Mm-hmm. and So that was a tough thing for me. So for how me to be so... I'm. Uh, I'll be 30 in a couple of weeks in a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you've been through. You've been. Yeah. You I've did, been with the company eight early. years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've been with the company eight years, and so I've been a general manager for six years now. Oh my and God. it's. Uh, I love teaching people about fitness and everything now but for me it's hard for me to actually stay motivated to do what I have to do but now in hindsight looking back I understand why I have to do the workout so as someone for me even though I'm I work in the fitness industry and I've been in for a long time it's not something that um, I'm addicted to Mm -hmm. it's something that I have to do Mm -hmm. and the reason I have to do it comes from a lifelong of um what now looking back has been years of um, certain mental, I wouldn't say mental illnesses or mental disorders, but there's been certain, I guess, blockages or situations that I've held on to my whole life that has caused me to end up where I am today, which is someone who deals with um, severe anxiety. And I guess I'll explain my story and yeah. how, you know, what I do, you know, for a living and fitness and stuff. Yeah. For me, it was only seven years ago that I was struck with the anxiety and panic attacks in the last year is when I was actually able to unlock a series of situations that happened since I was four years old that I actually had no idea had happened or was able to ever connect the dots with until the last year because of the fact that six years ago I was struck with anxiety and panic attacks. Amazing. So my whole life I lived without the panic attacks, mm-hmm. but I still lived with the shame of these situations. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yes. So I didn't realize them till the last year, and that's probably part of the story and why so many people go through it and nobody talks about it, mm-hmm. which would lead me to actually today, which is something that happened an hour before I got to your house, which is probably why I was late. So it's very neat that we're having this conversation okay, today. Cool. So um, I guess to start off with, where my panic and anxiety stemmed from. About seven years ago, I was with my boyfriend. We were in the car. We had just left Square One Shopping Center. I had had Taco Bell stomach so upset, like so upset. And I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And this was coming out of university. I was eating very poorly. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, fast food didn't sit well because I was already, you know, I had already put on weight from the bad food that I was eating throughout school and I wasn't taking care of my body. And I, so I was just starting on this healthy kick 
Um, so when I started trying to eat well, I had this fast food and my body didn't agree with oh, it. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the car, bumper to bumper traffic on Burnham Thorpe, red lights and um, for the traffic that we're sitting in these stoplights. And all of a sudden I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. I have got to get to a bathroom. Yep. I have got to go like right now. Yeah. This Taco Bell's not feeling good. Like yeah. I need to get out. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? Where am I going to stop? Where am I going to go? And I'm like, I have to get out of this car. And I, I just, I held, I just breathed through it. It was the first ever panic attack I had. I had oh. this panic attack in the car. We made it to a pizza pizza. I ran out, got to the bathroom. Okay, life is okay for now. I start crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that? What was that panic that I've never it's felt terrible. that before? I didn't know it was a panic attack. So I just said, what was that instance? Because I didn't know I had never heard of panic or anxiety in my life. So we get to his house. I'm going to the bathroom every 15 minutes sick. I feel gross. And I'm embarrassed. I'm shamed. I'm humiliated that this happened. From that one moment, fast forward, the next seven years of my life, I am completely traumatized by cars and brake lights. So every single time I see a brake lights, oh it reminds God. me of that event being in that car, being stuck and having to go to the bathroom that every time I saw brake lights, I would have a full anxiety or panic attack oh my God. thinking that I was stuck in the car and couldn't get to a bathroom. Oh my God. So anywhere that I went for the next seven years, if I saw brake lights, I would have a panic attack. We go to dinner oh yeah you're stopped at a stoplight I start having anxiety and then my body recreates of the course. sensations of having to go to the bathroom oh so I spent my whole life for seven years thinking I had to go to the bathroom like a hundred times a day I was having three four five panic attacks a day oh anxiety God. constantly my whole body was in crisis mode mm -hmm. literally in fight or flight mode yeah. all day long for seven years the first year that I was in this, so backtracking to when it first happened, I did not tell a single soul because I was the kind of person that perfection and living as a perfectionist and living as a perfect girl was so important to me. So, you know, I'd been in pageants and I was very proper and I had held on things that had happened in my previous relationships um, as skeletons in my closet, which I only kept to myself and didn't tell anybody. And so I always wanted to live in this very I'm perfect world. I spent the first year telling people that I was just car sick and that's why I always had to pull over we had to pull off to a Tim Hortons or to a gas station because I would be sick so it was finally about a year into it my boyfriend says I'm very concerned I believe you have an eating disorder and oh, okay. I'm very concerned oh, wow. for you that because you sense. always have to throw up that would make sense. because I was too ashamed to say it's because I have to go to the bathroom and I feel the need to go to the bathroom so I have to pull over all the time and that's when I realized oh shoot I better tell somebody mm -hmm. so I finally told him that it's it's uh, not throwing up in fact I'm actually I feel like I have to go to the bathroom all the time and I don't know why I finally went to my doctors she said well maybe you just have an anxiety disorder and I'm like well what's an anxiety disorder and she said well let me just recommend you to the adult mental health clinic and I'm like you got to be kidding me if you think I'm going to, me, perfect Jennifer, top in the sales of my company, walk into a place called the Adult Mental Health Clinic. Are you kidding? So, but I'm like, you know what? I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. So I have to do something. Yeah. So I walk into this clinic for my first day and I had my like 
hair in front of my face. I tried to cover up who I was. I looked in the in the window before I even walked in the door to see if I knew anyone because I was like, mental health? Mental health. I am not going to a place called mental health. <laughs> so I finally meet my counselor, who I called Dr. Jane. Don't even think she was a doctor, but I called her Dr. Jane anyways. And she tried to coach me through this. Now, the psychiatrist put me on Paxil, 25 milligrams a day. And I started this medication to try to ease off the anxiety that I was constantly having, but I became so addicted to it that if I didn't have it at the exact same time every single day, I had these major withdrawal symptoms. And I'd have headaches and I'd feel sick. Do you think that was part of the anxiety? Or do you I, think actually, that was I have no idea. Interesting. But I know that when I was on that medication, life was not good. Wow. <laughs> so I did it for a year. I actually was hiding a lot of the stuff from them because I was too shameful to right. tell them right. what actually was happening. Sure. So they'd say, you know, have you ever X, Y, and Z? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had, but right. I didn't want to tell the counselor that because I was shame. Right. So I had all the shame yeah. inside me. Didn't know why I was shameful of it. I just was. So after the first year, I tried that. Didn't work. Left, like lived my life, and it progressively started getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Where now I couldn't be in. Say I went to a friend's apartment, and it's just you know two bedroom apartment, one bathroom. The second someone walked into that bathroom, I had a oh full-blown panic attack. Because oh I'm like, God. what if I have to go? Now you're in it. Now I can't get in there. I can't go to the bathroom. You're in the bathroom. Wow. And then I'd be knock on the door, and I'd be like, you need to get out. You need to get out. I have to go. I have to go. And oh my, my body would Four recreate things. the sensation yes. of needing yeah. to go, and it would recreate the exact sensation I had when I had that Taco Bell and I was sitting in that car. Yeah. That sensation would be recreated seven times a day. Anytime I was in a situation where I wasn't close to a bathroom, I started getting out of family functions where I'd be at, um, who's now my husband, Uh, you know, we'd go to his family's house and I would fake food poisoning, I would fake uh, the flu, I would fake everything because I had to get myself out of their house because I'd start having anxiety attacks because I would look at where the bathroom was and I'd be like, this is way too close to everyone, they're going to all hear me in there. So then I started to reflect and I'm like, you know what, this... This isn't just from that one Taco Bell incident. Because when I think back to my university years, I actually was like this for the entire three years I was in university. I had this phobia or obsession with this with bathrooms where every single time I had to go to the bathroom I was worried that people would hear me so I would run the water I'd flush the I, br- I brought a stereo into my bathroom in my residence so I could have music playing all the time 24 hours a day just so that when I went to the bathroom no one could hear me and it started getting worse and worse in university where I actually started becoming obsessed with certain times of the day. Okay. So I'd sit in a class, it'd be 10.20, and as soon as my clock hit 10.20, my stomach instantly started making the sensation that I had to go to the bathroom, that I would actually get out of my class, I'd go to the bathroom, and I wouldn't return. I had to drop one of my criminology classes that was on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because it was at 10 a.m., because at 10.20, my body would recreate the sensation of having to go to the bathroom. Now, and that's why I kept it, I kept it a secret for so long, because I was such a girly girl, and I was such a Catholic girl, and is a set of certain values that makes you feel shameful of certain things, which brings me to actually now that I think about it the three years I was in university I was obsessed with bathrooms I was obsessed with like the thought and OCD about this thought of people hearing me go to the bathroom and the social embarrassment that would come along with people hearing me go to the bathroom so funniest thing now these are stories I never shared with anyone until now because I'm starting to realize how my mind has created this whole phobia myself so I'm like okay you know what medication's not working counseling's not working 
so then after that, I tried getting myself into more natural ways of therapy. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided, you know, the medication's not working, the counseling's not working. Okay, let's try something else. And it's funny because I had no resources. Nobody talks about mental disorders or mental illnesses. So nobody I knew had ever suffered from what I suffered from. So because nobody else talked about it, I didn't talk about it. I suffered in silence for years. And... I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. We didn't go on trips. We couldn't oh, go on road trips. We couldn't go anywhere because I'd get in the car and I'd have a panic yep. attack as soon as we got in the car. So I'm like, I refuse to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I Googled anxiety disorder, came across the Panic Away program, downloaded it, and it came with like a guarantee. So I was like, I downloaded the program, printed it off, did the program. The program for me just changed my life because it was all about the the lifestyle changes that need to be made, having support, having meaning to the anxiety, understanding what your body's going through, understanding what's happening in your mind, and then certain things that you need to start doing in terms of uh, like your lifestyle changes. So food, hydration, uh, working out, that sort of thing, like exercise. Went back to work within three weeks of being at work. Stress came back. The lifestyle changes came back. Stopped working out. Stopped doing all that stuff. And bam, the anxiety came back 10 times worse. I uh, decided, someone said, why don't you try hypnotherapy? Why don't they hypnotize you so that you get over this situation, right? Let's try hypnotherapy. $2,000 later, however much, $1,600 later, I don't even know how much. I did hypnotherapy for two years and couldn't get over this anxiety. I'm like, well, it's not working, so I'm going to try something else. <laughs> Finished with the hypnotherapy, and through the hypnotherapy, I had also been introduced into NLP, so Neuro Linguistics yes. Programming. The, oh, and then it was last year when finally my mom was like, well, why don't you try Reiki? And I wasn't open-minded to Reiki because I wasn't really open-minded to anything holistic, but at oh, this no, point I was like, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to see how it works. I'm a logical-minded person, but yeah. let me just see how this works. So I did the Reiki. I did Reiki for about six months, and then I, I was feeling so much more relaxed, so much better. Okay, this is good. This is good. My mind started becoming more clear, and I'm like, okay, this is great. And I started feeling better. I stopped having anxiety I stopped having panic attacks I started seeing a naturopath mm-hmm. the naturopath put me on a diet for eight and weeks um, vitamin D no gluten and no dairy for eight full weeks not only did I like lose how? all my so weight but your brain was so clear I had no anxiety no panic attacks unbelievable I and I started working out three times a week hard like actually working out because I wasn't tired. I started craving working out. Crazy turnaround once I started going through this. Yeah. Amazing. So this past year, I went through all the natural ways, changed the diet, started liking working out because I never did. And then I felt amazing. The, the, The anxiety started subsiding. It started going away. Now I realize why we should exercise. Now I realize why we should eat properly and that affects on the body. So... But once I changed my nutrition, it was like everything changed with that too. So mentally, I felt clear. You are what you eat, and that couldn't be any more true. The effects of that food and the consequences of that food is what you end up having to live with for the next four days. You know, And, and if you're consistently eating that food every single day, then be aware that consistently every single day your moods will be altered. So for people out there that are saying, I will do anything to get through these mood disorders, then change your diet. Just change your food Mm -hmm. because that will have such an effect. But you can't change your food and then not exercise Mm because exercise is a huge part of it. 
So just exercise three times a week, choose your right foods, and it's insane the difference. And this is the same, you'll hear this everywhere. It's, oh, it's sure. so simple, but sure. it's just, there's so many different things that people are put on the market or cleanses or this or that. And people want to buy into that concept because they think, well, if I do that for seven days, then I'm cured and I can go back to the way I was doing it before and eating my foods and doing everything because after the seven days I'll be cured. It's like, no, if you eat properly, then you'll be good for tomorrow. Right. You'll be good for today. But then you have to do it again tomorrow to be good for tomorrow. And then you have to do it again the next day to be good for the next day. Um, I've gone through every practitioner under the sun. And I think the purpose of why I did go through every practitioner that is like in my benefits program, every practitioner that anyone's ever referred to me. Why? Because I am the queen of quick fix. So for me, I kept going the easy route. And every single time it led me back to the same thing, which is eat properly exercise to release the stress and release the endorphins because then you can think clearly and your body will start healing itself and the only way you can allow your body to naturally heal itself is by giving your body what it needs water calmness right so meditation um and the right foods go join a gym great money invested get a personal trainer great money invested go see a holistic nutritionist who can give you a prescription for food not medicine because food is medicine Okay, so to wrap up, I guess just to wrap up everything, the people who have who mentally need to get healthier have nowhere to turn. There's no resources. And when I went through my anxiety, like having to walk in that day to the adult mental health clinic and cover my face because I was so embarrassed, I came up with my mind fitness because mind fitness is as important as physical fitness. You cannot take on anything if you mentally are not in a, in a healthy place mentally to be able to make those changes because it's from a place of thoughts. The power of thoughts is everything your thoughts move your life they really really do because you will either talk yourself out of something talk yourself into something direct your time to invest it back into things that are going to be healthy and contributing positively towards eating better towards exercise to taking half hour to do meditation or like you have 24 hours in a day it's how you use those those hours right and it is it's part of life the more power behind people talking about something and removing a stigma and exposing that it is out there mental health is out there but nobody should suffer in silence mm-hmm. because so many people go through it and that's kind of where I'm at with that and um one of the big things for me too and um I had hidden a lot of I guess a lot of the effects that had come with my anxiety when you have something mentally going on you need to be as open and honest as possible with everything you're going through yeah. so and when you think about it, and, and that's where it the comes down to, core. it is exactly. so hard to do those four concepts, to do yeah. the sleep, stress, nutrition, and movement, right? It is very hard to do those things. So when people hear it again and they read another book that's going to say, you just need to do these easy little steps, it's like they aren't easy. Those are actually probably the, 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 the most difficult. So if you're going to put money into anything, put money into one of those four modalities that are going to help you exercise that are going to help you eat properly because for not for everyone, they can't do that by themselves. And it's like, yes, those might be the four tips, but if you're going to put money into anything, don't put money into figuring out how to get rid of this temporarily. Don't do that. Do something in how to teach yourself how to properly do those four things. Yeah. Until you can do it on your own, then you can wean yourself off your trainer, you can wean yourself off your nutritionist, 
educate you yourself and do it. Yeah, absolutely. If it becomes a passion where you're so like you have now the willpower, yeah. wean yourself off the services yeah. and start doing it by yourself. Yeah. But until you're at the point where you're like, I am so passionate about eating healthy and I don't need help then get help yeah. for it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But put your money into those four things, yeah. if anything, because yeah. that's where you just need to think, what was it like 200 years ago? Mm-hmm. I need to, mm-hmm. what was it like before all the stress and the technology and the jobs and the consumption and the mass production? What was it like when it was supposed to be the way it was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. The way we're supposed to be born? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you have to concentrate on. That's what, uh, that would be my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. And please review our podcast on iTunes. This will help us spread our message and reach all those who need some support. Don't forget to follow Different From The Other Kids on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the book on Amazon and we'll see you next week. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I am not even that well educated. I'm a parent period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider. Thanks for listening to Different from the Other Kids, made possible with the support of Burlington Fitness and Racket Club. Why go to a gym when you can be part of a club? You can find them online at www.burlingtonfitness.ca. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Different from the other kids. Season 1. A production of Marketing Maven.